Plus, I'm in a bad mood anyway because we don't have any hot water. We haven't had hot water. Oh my god! You need a mutant that creates hot water. I don't know who that would be. (laughs) It's like the opposite of Bobby. I need somebody. I need. I need to eclipse. Actually, you've you've got water. (laughs) Yeah, we have water. Yeah, I was gonna say you just need somebody who can heat it up. Like if magma was here, it's gonna be fine. The plumber's coming at eight a.m. tomorrow. But I will say (laughs) that, like, because of that, I am kind of in a cranky mode. And because I'm in a cranky mode, watching episode three of The Gifted, I was like. Is this just my mood or is this episode not establishing anything new at all whatsoever? I mean, it's just running the same circles as the but other episodes. But that's not episodes. good because we just started. Like the show just started. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men. plot it continues to be lorna's in jail reed strucker is i don't know flirting with the sentinel services guy (laughs) in custody he's in custody which he starts the episode in custody with sentinel services and he ends it in custody with sentinel services so that is no change and amy acker is still running around being like can't we get some legal help is yes. like literally what's like going on. Like she backslides in this episode. Like episode two, she was like, oh shit, mutants are being biased against at a structural level. That's really bad. And then in this episode, suddenly she's like, wait, what if we call a lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> and Marcos and John are like, are you insane? Like, what is going on with you? Like, and she's like, I'm just going to quickly leave and like, hang out with my brother and like she's like so confused when it doesn't go oh well. my God. i don't know anyways i'm maddie oh i'm ryan and this is the mutant ages where we review every adaptation of the x-men ever every single one we're running out of material so we're at we the are gifted. we are watching the gifted which is a live action television show that had a really strong first two episodes and now we're on episode three and i am not sure where the show is going and i'm worried the answer is nowhere I'm worried now. I'm officially worried. <laughs> I would argue that that this episode actually still has a lot of good moments, but it just is kind of it rehashing does. the same bullshit that we've already... That's that's the part that is my problem, where it's like it has good acting performances in it, but it doesn't have a good plot, if that makes sense. I keep on... it's. I have this problem with anything that Fox touched, yep. which apparently is now the MCU also. But like, Unfortunately. <laughs> like, I, I, Deadpool I, 3, I, we're coming for you. Watch out. <laughs> actually, Deadpool 3 looks incredible. Okay, but Fox touched it. So, Ryan, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't it, know. It's the death of Fox, though. I mean, those... No spoilers. But we but all spoiling. know Ryan Reynolds, not Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds is going to personally point a gun at the Fox logo and blow it up. <laughs> that will happen in the film. I mean, 
There was that leaked image that had like the Fox film. Yeah, that had like the Fox logo. I like that that's in the film. But it like it crumbled on the ground yeah. and like Deadpool's just sitting in front of it. And I'm like, I really don't know what this is about. I don't want to give away any of the leaked images yeah, I any saw. Of the leaked but, images. but that one was really good. I was like, they built a Fox logo for Deadpool to hang out on. That's good. Whatever that is. I don't know what's happening, but it looks like they are taking pieces from every fox film even if it's not x-men related and they're just in some sort of like purgatory mad max world it looks like yeah i think deadpool 3 is actually going to be really fun i do i do think i do that. too but i like deadpool 1 and 2 largely so i'm not too worried about yeah, that I'm i was not, just kidding I'm not around worried about that the, the gifted though is sort of an interesting case because well uh, i mean is it interesting uh, it's a 45 it's a 45 minute action drama which is different in and of itself. I had a thought that we before we spiraled into Deadpool uh, with the yeah. Fox stuff where there's all these concepts in this show and also in the movies where I'm like, yep. it really could have been this thing from the comic books. But since, I don't know, the entire Fox team did zero research on literally any of these films or TV shows. It's like it's a missed thing. Like there's a, there's a whole segment in here where Caitlin's going to go to her brother's house and then I don't know the town or the neighbors show up with like shotguns. Yeah, why do they Okay, well we'll, we'll get to uh, so, that. But I and, and then this whole crazy scene ensues and I'm like this is like a missed opportunity for this to be the friends of humanity. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And I was like I don't know why that wasn't what's happening but here. But then in that moment I was like do they not have the rights to the phrase friends of humanity? For one. Did they not have the rights to grade and create a character they have not used before? I don't know. And also, like, the creepy doctor character is given a name in this episode, Dr. Campbell. Is that from anything? No. I don't think it is. I still wrote down Krieger, so. <laughs> he he kind of, he still does kind of look like Krieger from Archer in live action. <laughs> and that's the energy he's bringing to the role. But it is also just kind of tough to watch a show that has so many serial numbers filed off and even the characters who are there feel like they're underused like okay lorna emma dumont is playing lorna one of the strongest parts of this entire show and also literally one of the most powerful mutants on the entire show and we know she's magneto's kid even if the show can never say it we know she's magneto's kid great the viewers know that why is it that they have put this character in jail and made her pregnant and so she can't be on the show she basically isn't on this entire show. Like, in episode one, and yeah. here I am as the viewer, I'm like, we're up to episode three. We get two scenes of Lorna in jail in this episode. All she does is try to use her powers, get knocked out, and fall down. That's it. That's all she does in this entire episode. And you know what? That sucks. It does I'm going to say it. It sucks. It's a misuse of Emma Dumont. It's a misuse of Lorna as a character, which, again, is one of the few potentially recognizable characters they even have. I would argue <laughs> it's the only one they have. <laughs> I was going to be like, uh, like, am I wrong? Like, I no, think I mean, she like, is. Blink is a character that really only the, the super fans know anything about because we, we went over in the last episode. Like, she's not even from the main universe. And then. Right. And then, right. I mean, John Prodstar is there, too, but he's also not. Like, right. And so there's kind of his breakout moment for Blink and John Proudstar, but... I mean, like, I, an X-Men fan knows who John Proudstar is and knows, yeah, knows and about Yeah, anybody who James. just watched Days of Future Past maybe remembers Blink from yeah. that at the beginning. But, but my point being is that he's not, like, a character 
that is easily recognizable, like Storm or Nightcrawler. He's not Cyclops. Yeah, exactly. He's not he's not fucking Wolverine. He's not even Iceman. He's not like from the cartoon that people maybe grew up watching. And, and the version that they have on this TV show is like three different characters rolled into one. So that's right. Like we went over last episode. So really, there's no contest. It's it's Lorna Dane top to bottom. She's the most famous character on the show. She's scarcely in this episode. I think that's part of why this episode was a struggle for me, was because there was so little Lorna in it. Oh, well, okay, so we we will also get the Cuckoos. I think those are the only other characters that you're like, wow, I know who these characters are because they're pretty prominent in the comic books. I'm literally Googling when they show up. I'm going to start a countdown. I think it's like episode six. Well, I know it happens whenever they intercept the bus that's coming from the jail oh with, I think, God. all those people on it. Okay, <laughs> so. bad news. They don't show up until episode 10 of season one. Well, that's how long Lorna's going to be in prison then. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? I think so. There's only 13 episodes in season one. And they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to have this character be in prison for the entire show. Okay, so in the second season, she has a baby and then she's like, it's she has to be, to be tethered to her baby probably for all of season two, which fine. Well, she's like too pregnant to do anything for a while. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> this is like writing 101 shit to me. You know I what know. I mean? Like, I don't know why, like, Lorna's having a baby in the first it's place. It's so <laughs> random. Like, I thought that was good at first because I was like, oh, sweet, narrative tension. But I didn't realize that they were going to leave her in prison for a whole season. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, I thought they were going to break her out. What episode <laughs> does Lorna get out of prison, The Gifted? Because I'm sorry, The Gifted. I'm really bored of it. Why Why did the answer that Google gave me say it's season six? That's not right. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, let's go over this episode, shall we? Okay, so wait. I might be wrong. I think they might get her out before then. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the whole situation is, but there's a whole episode where the cuckoos come off a prison bus or like one of them goes and intercepts a prison bus and also the mutant underground's there and i don't remember who else gets off the prison bus i know it's one of the main characters that's all i remember and then also more cuckoos and then they're all like fire and then they kill everybody that sounds pretty fucking cool here's the thing is that when this show aired people were like about where we're at right now and then everyone was like is this show going to be any good is it going to get any better and like all I remember is that the episode where the cuckoo showed up is the one where everyone was like, wait, this show might actually be fun. And it did get better once when they were there. That's amazing that people were willing to wait all the way to episode 10. Like, that really goes to show how much people were starving for good X-Men content, even as late as 2017, right. when we had such shitty movies. Like, already, those were taking a dive. And people yeah. were like, we want a live-action X-Men show. Like, they wanted this. Yeah. And I think they still do, despite it all. Despite all the superhero fatigue that people feel now. But, like, shows oh, yeah. like this really like sullied the waters as it were because like they just made people bored because they were like i i don't know i don't recognize any of these characters you're taking the one character i might recognize and just kind of taking her off the board for you're making me follow this strucker family who is completely original characters and amy acker is fucking killing it i'm not saying she's not but it is a tough sell to have these four characters be at the center of right. every plot line on this show when we don't know them from anything. You know, like that is tough. And we have to rely so heavily on these two child actors. The child actor who plays Andy, you know, he's fine. But like he's, it's a lot to carry. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a lot. I, I don't know. Let's talk about the episode because I clearly 
<laughs> I have nothing good to I say. I mean, but I'm we sitting here trying it. to... I, You're trying I'm, to remember when the show gets good? No, I'm trying to figure out when the fuck she gets out of prison. And I'm trying to... It's like, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Uh, she is... Okay, so wait, episode wait, wait, seven. Wait. I'm screaming into the microphone. So she is one of the people that's going to be on the bus. So you have to wait until episode 10 for her to get out of this fucking... Okay, but here's the thing. Episode four, which is going to be our next episode, is Exit Strategy. I don't know what happens in that. Come on. How is that not a prison break episode? It's called Exit Strategy. Who fucking knows? I like... Maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the bus happens sooner. I don't know how many buses there are on this show. Is this going to be like the train situation where there's just a bunch of buses instead of... I don't know. I'm kind of looking through the episode descriptions on Wikipedia... And it does look like Polaris gets out pretty soon. But the other issue with this show is that there kind of isn't enough going on. Right. Because the stakes are almost too high because our mutant underground is so outmatched by society at large that they kind of have no chance. Like, it's it's really hard to see how they're going to get out of this situation. Like, their best hope is, like, escaping to another country entirely. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have a way yeah. to, like, live in this world that they're in currently. Like, they, they are just constantly trying to escape the cops. Like, in every single episode, they're just trying to, like, find enough food to get to the next day and, like, escape the cops who are constantly following them. Like, that's... It's like it's like if the movie Bonnie and Clyde wasn't about murders and lasted for like sixteen hours, <laughs> you know. Like it's I, like I mean, how many times boring. can we watch people evade the cops? It becomes boring after a while because what else is there? Like what else is there to do other? Than I think that? you know what this is interesting because I do think that you've created a, a point here where um you know every show needs its villain. Yes. Yes. And in the in the X Men, there are several. They're of all different perspectives, and that's why it rules. Yes, right. yes. But we're not yes. seeing any of that. And in this, we don't. I guess Jace is the villain, but yep. that's the most Jace we Turner. get. So he's kind of like you know the Sentinel Services cop, the main guy. Like, but he's, like he's just like one cop. You know, it's not but he's really one guy. right. But like normally on an X Men show, we also have Magneto, we have Mister Sinister, we have apocalypse we have xavier who i would argue is a villain like we have all these different characters with different motivations who are bouncing off of each other at all times and they're like here's how i think we should deal with this threat here's how i think sometimes there's howard the duck as a juggernaut (laughs) yeah and in this show there's really only two sides as it were and one of the sides is jace turner and his little sentinel drones and the other side is the mutant underground and that's it that's it. And, like, that is not enough. I'm sorry. That is not enough. Well, I mean, they, they, they keep on trying to set it up like the politics are complicated. Like, what the politics even are. And, like, but they're not complicated. That's the other thing. It's so obvious. Again, this is why I'm like, why wasn't that scene later on, The Friends of Humanity, that would have made way right. more sense? And to have the neighbors be like, yeah, I've joined. Yeah, have The Friends of Humanity be another villain. Have them be another force in this world. Okay, so in season two, we have, like, the weird purifiers that are not led by William Stryker, which is just oh, mind-boggling boy. to me that we've had multiple William Strikers in the Fox <laughs> universe all wrong. And finally, the purifiers are there, and they're like, it's some other guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. But leaving that aside, I'm already pre-worried now because I'm like, we're going to have another villain group, but not another hero group. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, we need another Mutant Underground. Next season, there's also going to be the Hellfire Club, but it's oh, not going to feature boy. any of the characters from the Hellfire Club. Okay. <laughs> 
I don't want to talk about this anymore. I mean, the Hellfire Club at that is, like, insane. So they come up with a version of the Purifiers and a version of the Hellfire Club, and somehow (laughs) everyone leaves dissatisfied. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) I'm going to have so many notes for this show. But right now, my main note is there is not enough happening. Okay, well... Thank God Amy Acker's on this show because she she's carries every scene phenomenal. that she's in. Anyway, so this this show, this episode opens up with... Um, a flashback. Three years ago. Yeah. And it's Lorna, I think, just bringing Marcos around after she had yeah. rescued him from whatever drug ring, which you're going to find out later. That he was like homeless in Bogota. He's He lives in South America. He's he's from Colombia. Yes. Apparently. So therefore, he's part of a drug ring is what this show has decided. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not even that's kidding. That's actually a really good point. I like how I just didn't even think about that. But yes, you're right. It's absurd. I'm like, I'm like, yep. just they're like, here's the brown guy. He's also part of a drug ring, and I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, you could go to Colombia or whatever, and like that doesn't happen. Yeah, but no, Marcos is homeless and living on the streets and turns to a life of crime. Right. So, well, they're gonna go back to that because he does a job or something. I don't remember. It, I that episode was so annoying to watch. But anyway. <laughs> <Can't> um, <wait. laughs> So, so this is three years ago. Lorna and right. Marcos are just getting to know each other. But, you know, of course, there's the frisson of sexual tension between them where she just rescued him. And right. and she's like, when did you first discover your ability? When did you first take joy in your ability? She's kind of like trying to be like, you should be proud to be gay to him. To be queer, I guess. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because they're thinking of fucking two seconds. Like- yeah, they are. And Marcos is like. I didn't have any joy about anything because I was living in a cardboard box. And Lorna is like, yeah, that is not going to get me to stop questioning you, which I did like this about her, that she's like, clearly, this is like your thing you do to shut people down where you're like, well, I had a terrible life and I don't want to talk about it. And she's like, fine, but let me just show you, like, I found ways to take joy in my powers despite trauma I experienced. And she like uses her powers to fly because she's wearing steel-toed boots and metal bracelets and it's pretty fun and then she's kind of flirting with him a little and like touches his shoulders and she's like show me what you can do and he like picks up some glass on the ground and heats it up and shines a light through it i thought he was gonna melt the glass but i think i thought he was i I thought he was gonna like create art with it i felt like they ran out of money like halfway through this scene (laughs) oh it's generation (laughs) x all over again when they're like we can't afford chambers glowing mouths so we're just gonna have somebody shoot laser beams out of their eyes yeah easy um so then uh she is impressed by that and then they hold hands for a second making aurora borealis with their gay 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 hands yeah um (laughs) did you not like this i thought this was really cute i but this was the beginning of the episode when i was still like no i thought it was cute too i i i just was bored because I don't believe in their chemistry on this show. So like, it's oh, tough, I think but the actors are pretty good. But you know what? I think your I mileage think may they're vary. good too. But those characters together, just like it doesn't. It's not. It hasn't been sold to me yet. But I do like the idea that there's two characters who have these power sets that match each other and complement each other in such a way that when they are together, they literally create magic. And I think that's. I like that idea. I think that's fun. Yeah. It never comes up again in the rest of the episode and i don't know really why it's here now that i think about it i don't either honestly um i think knows? it's a nice idea like a nice science fiction idea where it's like okay solar energy hits a certain part of the atmosphere eclipse has solar energy she has magnetism that's kind of what they're supposing yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty cool but then like what's sort of the payoff for this these two characters are separated for this entire episode maybe they'll work together again in the next episode and that's kind of like teeing it up for that I don't yeah, know. Next don't episode know. again is exit strategy, and I'm choosing to be optimistic. 
Because <laughs> I have to be. I think you might be right that it's the episode in which Lorna is freed. I don't think that those... It has to be because, like, I don't know. I kind of skimmed I the episode description yeah. and it seemed like maybe, like, at least the prison break starts to happen. Well, in I that think app. there's just multiple of them. That's all. Probably. So we're going to cut to present day where Lorna's in her jail cell and Jace yeah. walks in and he's like, just so you know, I'm going to go <laughs> take out your boyfriend and then you and your boyfriend can at least raise your baby in prison together and then I'm going to kill all the other mutants unless you help me. And Lorna's like, <laughs> she's like why would i help you like jace's jace's deal making on this show is like hilariously bad like his version of like going in and trying to make a deal with a fugitive is like i'm gonna kill all your friends can you tell me where they are <laughs> and then the person is like um no and he's like well i'll just kill you then and they're like i guess that's preferable than you figuring out where all my loved ones are and killing them yeah like, I, that wh- was why are you so bad at this i like, don't know he's really bad at it i they could have they could have used so many characters for the comic books that would have been more interesting than this I guy know. i totally forgot jace was even in a scene with lorna because of how meaningless that scene was <laughs> like i just deleted it because it was completely useless like we already know lorna's not going to turn over for jace so why right. even have them interact waste of time so now we're going to go back to the mutant underground where john and yep. marcos are continuing to have the same argument same fight that they've been having since for the end episodes. of episode one what's that fight Marcos wants to use Clarice's powers to to break break Lorna Lorna out out of jail. jail. And Clarice is there to be like, my powers are not good enough yet for me to do that. And I don't know how to use my powers. And actually, I don't think Clarice is even in this scene. But regardless. Dreamer (laughs) is here, Maddie. Dreamer. Okay, my bad. This character is Sonia, a.k.a. Dreamer, (laughs) a.k.a. The famous character, beautiful dreamer from the comic books. <laughs> Maddie who, like messaged me. She's like, this character I was I thought made they up. made her up, up for like, the show. No, she's they from didn't. the she's like from the Morlocks featured in the Power Pact. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I I was just like, I don't know how they came to deciding that she was gonna be here, but whatever. Yeah, out of all the most obscure Morlocks, she's like a main character on this show. She is a main character, but also and she's beautiful. She's not a Morlock. She's gorgeous, but also like she looks nothing like her Morlock self at all. Like her Morlock self apparently thinks it's fun to like dress like a 1920s flapper and like blow smoke rings at people because her powers are like blowing purple smoke in people's faces to change their memories. Uh, That's dreamers powers. It's very trippy power. And so instead of kind of modernizing her look and having her be like a hippie or something, they instead just have her be like a redheaded young woman who wears leather jackets and t-shirts like every other character in the mutant underground. Like nothing really particularly notable about her fashion sense. Her main characterization is that she has a crush on John Proudstar that is not reciprocated. That is who she is as a character on this show. And she's also a self-proclaimed best friend of Lorna Dane, which I'm like, Yeah, who we have seen no fuck? evidence of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I thought that was kind this? of funny. And I was like, it'd be funny if later Lorna got here and was like, I barely know you. Like, <laughs> why are you like this? Like, why are you trying to insinuate yourself into my life? Who even knows? So then, then Caitlin's like, well, what if we reach out to some lawyers and people who are sympathetic to mutants? <laughs> and everyone just stares at her. Everyone stares at her and is like, why are you even saying this? I know, like, I know. That's really stupid. Like, we're way past let's call a lawyer. Like, Lorna is already in prison. Like, what is caitlin think is gonna happen here i think by the end of this episode is when she finally gets to the point she's like honestly fuck humans is where she kind of gets to at the end of this she but- needs to get to it but i guess this is her last 
gasp of being like, I still have friends and family on the outside. I want to reach out to them. Like at the end of this episode, she turns around just like fully becomes Fred instead. And I was like, oh, okay, this is where this is going now. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Lauren and Andy are in the other room playing a moldy game of Monopoly. Yep. And they're picking their pieces and Andy picks the shoe and Lauren freaks out because their dad always plays the shoe. Right. And Caitlin's listening in on this. And this is when she decides that she's got to run away and try and do something i don't know what she thinks she's gonna do yeah but we don't find that out because first we have a couple scenes with john first talking to first clarice and then sonia right so john talks to clarice and is kind of trying to give her like a training slash pep talk about her abilities because clarice is basically like I want to save Lorna, but my powers don't work anymore. I can't make portals anymore. I can't figure it out. Like something changed after I got sick and took that medication. I can't fucking figure it out. And John kind of does the classic, like, you know, your abilities were motivated by fear before, but what if they were motivated by love and positivity? Clarice is like, we're all going to die, dude. I got nothing. Like, I got no (laughs) motivation for that right now. Which I thought was actually pretty good as, like, her responses here. This version of Blake is just kind of, like, kind of goth. You know? she's, she's like goth beyond goth like she's just like she's a little daria i'm completely you know, dead inside i have no family and friends and no motivations whatsoever and john is like can I you know. think of a single person in the world that you love or thing you love and later she's like a jelly donut which i also thought was funny that that's like what she tries to pick as her motivation i mean it kind of works though so it doesn't end up working in the end but we'll get there no it doesn't but then and then dreamer walks over yep. to john her, yeah her boyfriend not boyfriend yeah and her like john right she's like i'm gonna use my powers to help blake <laughs> yeah we don't know what her powers are yet but this is kind of how we find them out because john goes no. you're talking about planting stuff in people's heads that all goes bad right remember walker eve characters we don't know they're not even from the comic books yeah, i was just like i don't names. recognize these names so i looked it up to see if i was wrong no this, nope. they could have referenced i thought it would have been cool if they referenced like a couple of the names of the power pack to like do a shout out to the comic books but i i guess or, or have them be famous names who cares like I, I, they can't prove that it's anybody we know right right i'm like dreamer is just a character that they picked out of the page in the comic book and did zero research on yeah so anyway he's like don't do that so johnny refuses this but sorry i'm calling him johnny because sonia calls him that no one else does She's like johnny everyone else calls him john in inside the bedroom in the middle of the night caitlin wakes up her kids and she's like i'm sneaking out to go to uncle danny's house to see if they can help us and the kids are like we're going with you and caitlin's like no you need to stay here with safe <laughs> and they're like do you remember the last time we were attacked you were just standing there while we had to use our powers so we're coming with you <laughs> and she kind of was like that's true and then they all <laughs> i kind of liked that though I was yeah like, it's kind of funny whatever. but i but it's also frustrating because it's like why are any of you leaving i did like at least that the kids initially were like why are you leaving we shouldn't be going anywhere like everyone here told us not to leave this place and not to tell anyone where we are because we're gonna get caught by the cops again and caitlin is like but uncle danny's gonna help us he knows a senator it's (laughs) It's like oh boy okay we're really clueless (laughs) here here is what i think the whole purpose of this episode well it's caitlin learns a lesson caitlin learns an important lesson here's my theory i feel like okay not a theory but here's my concept is that 
we needed to switch these two episodes. This needed to be episode two, mm. and episode three needed to be the one the where hospital. they went into the, into the hospital. That would be good. Right? Because that one was more extreme than this one. But also, was it? Because this one, like, a mob comes and tries to kill Caitlin's children. I, I mean, really nothing happened in the last episode either, other than, like, Blink's powers going crazy. I think that just these two but episodes... couldn't that have just as soon happened in this episode? I don't know. I feel like when they were on the run initially, they needed to go to their Uncle Danny's house. That's what I think needed to happen. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I, I don't mean the overall plot, because I'm trying to connect it together in my head. I'm like, okay, this is getting too complicated, but... No, I get what you're saying. Like, if before they get to the Mutant Underground... They go to Uncle Danny's first, and yes, then this all right. happens, and then they uh, yeah. get to the underground. Yeah, no, I see yes, what you're saying. That yep. would have made more sense, although then Reed would have been there, so I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of a backward step, and it needed to tell the the story of just people in general being racist towards mutants and sort of what that looks like. Yeah. And that would have fit sort of what they were doing in the last episode, so that's why I'm like, it would have made more sense to kind of reverse some of these plot points around, but whatever. Right. Rewrite Reed so that he's a little stupider, basically, in episode two, like before they go to the Mutant Underground, but also... I don't know. I feel like you could cut a lot of this. I mean, he's pretty stupid in this episode because he right is. now Reed is like <laughs> sitting there with Jace. His whole and plot line is so frustrating. He thinks that he's going to be able to get his family back by helping Jace. Although Reed doesn't seem like he's very sold on any of this either. It seems like a last I resort. I know. That's what's hard about this, this plot line because throughout it, the actor who plays Reed feels like he's selling the fact that he doesn't really believe any of this is a good idea idea like when he's meeting up okay so what happens is i guess we should just okay well jace it. he's like he's telling to jace in front of these monitors like so there's this gay bar and in this gay bar you meet some other gays jace is and like then they okay take okay you to their- gay bar i'm writing this down so there's other gays gay there bar. at this gay bar gay bar, gay yeah. bar. he's writing that down and like underlining it two times okay got it and jace is like well you're pretty gay so we're gonna send you in as a spy and then we're gonna follow you <laughs> and reed is like okay i'm following so far and jace is like so we're gonna put this crazy tracker on your ankle that can't be removed which i don't know how that works i like how they didn't even show us the prop i don't even did you see that <laughs> no they did they barely showed it to it they like glazed over this because they were like don't think about it it was like somebody got one of those snap-on bracelets and sprayed it with silver paint but but they were like if you try to remove it you're gonna have to cut off your leg and i was like okay we're gonna need to glaze over that really fast because yeah, that know, doesn't make right, any whatever. fucking sense but sure and jace is sitting there and he's like okay so you need to really sell it when you get in there so if that means you need to have sex with copious men <laughs> and we have to watch it's part of this yeah and reed is like nodding seriously like yeah that's true i do need to do that <laughs> and reed is like so there's a bartender and jace is like so is the bartender gay too and reed is like is yeah hot, probably like- yeah i don't know he looked weird. Basically, it's like two idiot cops who are like, how do we crack in the mutant underground? We don't really know anything. I guess we'll go to that I one know, gay right? bar that Reed was at one time, which honestly does work because the bartender is who hooks them up with Marcos, of course. Yeah, of course. So Reed then is stupid enough in this interaction to be like, so what happens to all the mutants after I tell you exactly where their hideout is? And Jace is like, oh, we're just going to kill them all. And it's like, Reed, why did you even need to ask that question? 
Like I, it, they, they, he well, had to spell it out for the audience in case we didn't know. But but it, he also has to spell it out for himself because we need to have an entire plot line where he like meets other mutants in need and is like, wait, but I don't want these people to die. Listen, this scene is like not very well written. I don't know what to tell you because there's other scenes in this episode that I think are really good, and then there's no, like agree. shit like this where I'm like, what happened? I yeah, was like, I know, why is this so tough. clunky? Anyway, so John is outside doing the whole thing with the jelly donut where he's like, picture something that you love. So we can. Yes. Where he's like training Clarice and he's like, think about something that matters to you. And she can't think of anything. Which... I laugh really hard at this because I don't know why this happens. But he goes, all right, why don't you try but put the coffee down? She doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't like put it down. She just tosses the coffee out of the cup and then <laughs> throws the cup. And I'm like, <laughs> why did she do that? I loved it. I thought it was great. I was, like, I was I also like, like, why did they give her a coffee cup? Like, it felt very, like, demon to me that, like, it was, like, as though the actress was like, why am I still holding a coffee cup? And then, like, Matt Nix or whoever was like, I don't know. Throw it away. Throw it away. I don't care. I don't care. I don't know why that's you know, in the scene. It, I thought it was really funny. And I was just like, it's very on par with this Daria version of Blink. Yeah, Blink is maybe the best character on this show suddenly. Well, she so she's trying to picture a warm jelly donut. And she kind of creates a little portal, but it doesn't quite work. Yeah. And and then she's like, all right, we'll work on this again. And again, more Daria lies. Or he's talking to her and then he like hones in on the footprints from Caitlin and the kids and he just stops and she goes, are you having a stroke? Which I thought was really funny. It and is really like, funny. And then she goes, oh, this is your thing. And realizes that he's like using his mutant powers to like track the footprints, which I also thought was a funny line. I, this is why I feel like I didn't know who her character was the first couple episodes, but I'm like, I think she's just Daria. Yeah, she is kind of like snarky Daria, but I'm down for it. I like her. Yeah, I, I don't I don't dislike it. Uh, yeah. So then, then she he's like, uh oh! So they run inside. John's like running up to Marcos, and he's yep. like, "Kaylin took the kids' run off." And Marcos is exhaustedly like, <laughs> "Why did she do that?" Yeah, I he's told just her like, not to "Why do, do we that. have this fucking white lady here who's just causing <laughs> problems for us left and right? Like, we cannot get her to stay in a safe place for two fucking it's, seconds." It's interesting because like Marcos has been like posed as somebody that can get real aggressive but he seems pretty empathetic to caitlin throughout this show he is and he's like that's kind of what he says like he's like damn i really thought i got through to her yesterday with the whole situation <laughs> at the hospital but like i guess not i don't I, idk like this fucking sucks and like john is like yeah i don't know she's she just left like whatever so they're all freaking out um it's kind of a quick scene also is the mutant underground like in the neighboring town to where they all grew up because like now they're there and like you know what i mean like yeah. it seems really close that i don't know how they got there so fast on foot which lauren points out yeah she's like they're walking they don't have a car like yeah. they are walking and they're like we need to get a cab yeah and her mom's like i don't have any cash and andy's like well why don't we rob the atm machine and caitlin's like no i can't believe i've been hearing this and Andy's like, well, we have to. And Lauren's like, well, if we do that, we'll never have the chance to live a normal life again. And Andy's like, that's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't get that anymore. Yeah, that's his big moment is that he's like, normal is gone. Normal doesn't exist anymore. He is like so goth in this all of a sudden. Like, yeah. he's just He's gone. like screaming at his mom that normal doesn't exist anymore. I thought this was a little corny. This I, actor like looks so emo at all times. And it's it it's is tough. like insane. It's, I, I I don't wanna I don't wanna like make fun of a kid. I don't know how old he actually is. No, no, no. I'm not making fun of him. I'm thinking like that's just the character he's playing. I will make fun of the direction of this scene where I'm like, I just think it's 
top. He blows up a bunch of pay meters. He does blow up a bunch of parking meters. Yeah. And like they pick up a million quarters. This is 2018, by the way. Like, honestly, we like had stopped using quarters and pay meters yeah. at this point. And I also was like, those quarters are not going to get you a very long cab ride. Like, at all. Like, somehow this solves their problem. Well, apparently they just needed to go across town. So yeah, whatever. I guess that's true. So Lauren and her mom run over and grab all the quarters off the ground. And then, like, the next time we see them, they're getting out of a cab and, like, apparently paid in quarters. I think it's hilarious that they're like, we need to be discreet, so we're going to blow up multiple... <laughs> he, like, blows up, like, multiple okay, well, pay to be meters. Fair, Andy isn't the one who wants to be discreet. raining from the sky, and they're, like, over there scrambling. I don't know. Yeah, and somehow no one notices anyway, this. Anyway, the next scene is Dreamer walking over to Blink and being like, hey, Lorna <laughs> is my best friend. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? And she's like... <laughs> She's like, do you have anybody you care about? And Blink's like, nope, just went through this. And I do like that Dreamer was like, do you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Yeah, like, I liked that too. I thought that was nice. Very open-minded. And then, and then Blink's <laughs> like, listen, I don't have anybody like the guy you're fucking. Like, <laughs> I thought this was funny too, actually. That Blink is just like, I don't know, she's just Daria. So she's just she like, really- so you can go tell your boyfriend that this plan isn't going to work. And Sonia's like, what makes you think he's my boyfriend? And Clarice is like, I don't know, the way you look when you talk about him, the fact that you're the only one here who calls him Johnny. The fact that you walk over groping him all day, yeah. like, I don't know. And Sonia tells this little story about how when she came on and started working at the Mutant HQ, underground HQ, whatever we want to call it, she and John decided not to be together because they're going to work together. And I was like, AKA, he's gay. Like, I, I like John just wasn't interested. Is like the main vibe that I get from this. I mean, that happens later when Blink thinks that she's interested in him and he's like what's with all these girls what's with these women trying to he's like i gotta go find marcos yeah so (laughs) and he's like marcos we can't rescue lorna from prison i can't get into why but we can't do it (laughs) and i also need you to stay with me oh my god so anyway (laughs) over to the character uncle danny a brand new character (laughs) on this episode (laughs) yeah uncle danny we're, we're playing the full house theme. The house is about to get a lot fuller because we've got two mutants and a mom on the run. I really want, like, the variation of full house where two of the kids turns out to be mutants. It's, like, they just have, as upbeat, but, like, two of the kids are, like, on the run from the cops at all times. <laughs> like, the whole family has to go on the run except there are so many characters on this show that it's, like, this mob, like, this That would this actually sitcom. be incredible. That's almost what this show is. I like, am obsessed with this idea I kind of feel like... This is sort of a larger point about this show. I gotta say, I miss the comedy. Like, almost every other X-Men thing we've watched had some comedy in it. This show has none of that, and it's I mean, we just watched Logan, and there was not comedy in To be fair, that is true. We did laugh at it, though. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, mean, was there comedy in the Wolverine anime? I don't even think so. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's something that makes it a little better when there's kind of a marginalized uh, group of people, and they've got something binding them together. It makes you think that Wolverine and the X-Men was pretty good. Look, it had jokes on it. I just feel like that helps kind of the help the medicine go down like there's a lot of political medicine on this show yeah okay so here's the thing and i i was thinking about this because i was watching this episode i'm like there's a lot of concepts in here that remind me of x-men evolution but they're not Same. as good as x-men evolution I know. and then you 
arbitrarily <laughs> was messaging me about something else and we were talking about evolution again i'm like that yeah. show was really good we keep bringing it up we keep bringing it up lately but i think because it's so well good. i think x-men 97 and x-men evolution were both shows that really figured out the balance between like the normal life thing the comedy beats the yep. dark politics they were going through the emotional depth to it enough bits from the comics without letting it get weighed down by that knowing when to change and when to be agile with the adaptation and knowing when yeah. to keep the story because it was actually pretty good the first time the gifted is i just feel like if they had a funny character i think it's part of why i'm like Thank God for Blink's occasional minor laugh lines. It gets way more campy once when the cuckoos are there because they like start doing really campy shit that's really funny because they're all just trying to like one up each other at all times. Yeah, I just feel like part of why people love Wolverine is because Wolverine is funny. You know, like that's why people like him. Like everybody else is serious and Logan is there with a wisecrack. Like there's a reason why that structure works on an ensemble show. And Blink is the closest thing we have to that. And like, she's not really allowed to be that funny on the show. Like they just don't write her that way. Yeah, she just isn't. uh, Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's too bad. I think it's, I think it's a flaw. She's the closest that they get. Yeah. Anyway, so where are the hell are we? So Caitlin goes to Uncle Danny's house. Yes, with her kids. Where Uncle and they get Jesse out. is like, yeah. <laughs> they get out and Andy makes the comment about how the cabbie didn't like all the coins. And he, he does come out and hugs Caitlin. And then they go inside. They crack open some beers. The kids are eating pizza with his kid. Their cousin Scott, not Scott Summers. <laughs> who is... Annoying. I mean, <laughs> I, I will I will point out that... His kid is, I mean, his kid fucks up in this, but he definitely is more of an ally to them than not. He seems like a real kid in both the sense that he's trying to help, but also he's stupid in like a kid way. And I thought that was very realistically done. I liked this better than X-Men 2 when Iceman's brother that they made up for that movie, like calls the cops on them. I was like, this is a better take on this. Yeah, I thought this was more realistic. Like the, the cousin Scott, his name is Scott, hilariously, ends up sort of blowing up their spot by accident, but in a way that a kid would do. Yeah. And we'll we'll get to that a couple scenes from now. But Danny's son, Scott, is like, yo, did you fight the cops? And they're like, no, but we tore up some robots. And he keeps asking questions. Yeah. And eventually Danny's like, go the fuck into the game room and shut the fuck up. Yeah. And it's kind of awkward because you can kind of tell Danny doesn't want this family to be here. Like, he's been kind of like tight this whole okay, time also do you like how there there was definitely some script that had a wife in, involved and yeah then eventually and then they, they wrote her out. out because they were like we need we can't come up with this so this is too many characters or something it's too many characters so this so is like, like a single he's like, dad yeah, the wife's out of town we'll never oh, right you're right there is a throwaway line about how she's at a sales conference i wrote that down being the money maker for the family sure but anyway so i actually like this scene this is a good scene yeah and this is why i feel like this needed to happen in episode two and we needed to reverse things where caitlin is going to her brother danny and she's begging him like do you have any like political power or people with links like in the government or Mm -hmm. like you know anybody in law that can help us and she he's rich like he lives in a mini mansion we've gotten to see multiple shots of the exterior of it like he's and he goes to the golf club and she kind of refers to that and she's like you know congressmen you know judges you know the mayor like don't you have pull with all these people? And Danny's like, yeah, I was at the club the other day. None of them will talk to me anymore because of your disgusting family. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this in is so many words. And she's like begging him. And yes. they talk, she talks about how when their mom was dying, yeah. she didn't ask for help. But now she's asking for help. And he's like, listen, my whole life can be torn apart. Like, they could walk in and take me down for just letting you through the door. And she's like, but that's already happened to my family. 
Like, you're basically saying you don't even care? Well, no, he's like, I I need to consider what happens to my family. And Caitlin's like, we're family too. And he just kind of is like, listen, you need to take all the cash on my safe. I, that, I'll give you that, stay for the night, but then you need to go and never contact me again. Yeah, and it's which like, is kind of fucked Amy, up. Amy Acker is like, she's killing it. She's like crying. Yeah, she's just standing there silently crying. I She is so good that I, like this show did not deserve her. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like imagine, imagine what this show would be like if it wasn't Amy Agra in this role. Like, it'd be so boring. Emma Dumont's great too, but they don't let her do anything. I know. Right now anyway. She, Emma Dumont has to act against nothing. Like most of her scenes are in, alone in a prison cell. And like, she's amazing. So there's I know, that. they're both, and they both carry the show. Not to say that the actor's other actors don't i mean we obviously like blink and we've liked john and yeah but but i think i think that the writing is very simplistic if that makes sense like there's nothing really to it so you kind of need a great performance to sell well yeah i was gonna say and it's kind of tough because both emma dumont and amy acker are both actors who are so incredible that like even if you can have somebody who is incredible next to them it's just they're gonna outshine them this is like when i was watching the marvels and i was like you know monica rambeau and carol Danvers is fun but like i'm busy watching iman valani iman valani in the background because she's just stealing the the youngest of those actresses and she's (laughs) like so good in her role sometimes there's just like is like an actor who's so good that even when there's other good actors they they can't compare you know yeah no i know what you mean and she's such a perfect fit in the, in that role too and right. like amy acker is also just i don't know i feel like she's good in every single thing i've ever seen her in anyway so this scene is fucked up i i liked it uh yeah. and then it goes back to reed and jace on the central <laughs> services bus trying to figure out how to get in a gay bar together and they're like you've got to go in and hit on the bartender <laughs> and that's when they put the bracelet on reed who could yeah. track him yeah and jace is like it's game time Reed doesn't want to really do this. He yeah. looks like he's having regrets. He has a brief moment where he kind of looks like maybe he's not going to do it. And then he's like, okay, I have to do it. I have to have gay sex for my family. So he, he walks out. He sees the bartender. And Jace is like struck or remember, fuck for your family. And then... <laughs> bartender sees reed and is like what the fuck are you doing here and reed like tries to reintroduce himself and the bartender's like no i remember exactly who you are and i'd like you to tell me why the fuck you're here like yeah and he goes invisible so this guy can become invisible and can make other things go invisible yeah anything he touches he's an invisible woman he's gonna be like <laughs> he's gonna shut be like, the fuck up reed i'm working <laughs> on my invisibility powers and reed is gonna be like a wooden gun a wooden <laughs> anyway great episode the fantastic and Reed's like freaking out he's like talking about he made up this whole like thing about how oh, fuck i can't even remember i didn't well, write okay, all so this there's, down. There's, there's, there's two parts here so they, yeah. before the commercial break there's this whole thing where he talks about how his he got separated from his family because sentinel services came after them right that part's true and he's like and if you're gonna shoot me you may as like if you're not gonna help me you may as well just pull the trigger because it's which i liked this performance by the part of the actor by the way it seems like he means it here like he's like just go ahead and kill me which i was like i kind of buy it like he's like he's a good actor too yeah he was good i thought he was good so then there's a commercial break and when they come back reed is continuing inside the bar saying that he hid in a crawl space until sentinel services gave up and the bartender's like Like, i don't uh, really buy this because sentinel services doesn't give up and reed's like listen they're after my kids i don't have any powers (laughs) and I then, don't think he knows he has any powers yet. Well, they haven't developed yet. I don't remember how that even Who happens. Knows? And so the, he's like, I guess they were less concerned about me. So this is when the bartender's like, all right, fine. 
and he brings Reed into a back room where there's a mother with their child, both mutants. Yep. He hands him a bag of not Fritos. They're like called yeah, they're like Cornos or something. Fritos. I don't know. Yeah. So he goes and talks to those people, the mother and the child, and yep. you know, the child goes, Oh, they, the Sentinel Services took my dad because he's different too. And, you know, the mother's like, Can you believe it? They they were gonna come take my daughter just because they think she's a future threat to like humanity yeah because she has the x gene yeah and then reed's like trying to sit down and talk to him because now he's like this is when he's immediately regretting everything he's doing yes yes and you can see that in his performance and he kind of groans in pain as he's sitting down yeah and the woman is like oh what are you okay and he's like yeah i was hit with an immobilization round when sentinel services was after me but you know it's been a few days but it still hurts and she touches him and kind of focuses and this is when we realize she has powers too Reed kind of smiles and is like, what did you do? And she's like, took away your pain. I can't heal, but that I can do. We have to stick together, right? Yeah. Reed just sits there being like, fuck. I fucked up here. But he doesn't leave yet. No, he, he like drags this out. And it's like so annoying. Yeah, he really does. It's like, you could just get up and leave now. But he's still thinking about it. Right. Okay. So, so then we go back to Uncle Danny's, <laughs> <laughs> where the kids are playing video games upstairs. They're they're playing like some knockoff of Call of Duty, Medal of Honor. They name drop it. They fucking name drop Medal of Honor, which paid to be on this show. <laughs> like, Was that actually it. Medal of Honor? I don't Maddie, know. I don't but, know. But in order to say the name, they needed to pay somebody something, or the other way around. Yeah. So cousin Scott comes up with a cool nickname for Andy here, which is Destructo. Does that stick? By the way, no. Oh, okay. Destructo is the name of another character I know. From, that's like, why I was like, is, is, is that a DC Comics name? character? Yeah, I think it is. Isn't now it? I'm looking it up. Destructo. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Oh, wait, hold on. Now it's giving me a band. Um, He's from Ghostbusters. Duh. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Destructo is Crypto's arch nemesis, which is Lex Luthor's dog. Oh, my God. That rules. Who also has, like, superpowers. I love how there is a decider.com article titled who is destructo on foxes the gifted with a picture of andy at the top so clearly somebody else thought this was gonna be (laughs) oh i just found it oh my god i'm gonna call this kid destructo from now on i love how the opening line is bummer alert there is no character named destructo yeah anyway Anyway, Andy's new cool name is Destructo. (laughs) Okay, so anyway. They're playing a video game. Scott keeps, like, asking Andy about his powers. And Andy is like, whatever, man. I'm just trying to play the game. Like, lay off me, man. And, like, they lose the game. And then Scott stands up really excitedly and grabs one of his trophies from, like, the closet. And he's like, use your powers on this. Blow Blow it up. Show me your powers. I gotta see him. This young actor is doing a great job, by the way, of being, like, annoying in the perfect way. Yeah. And Andy's like, oh, I can't do it out of of nowhere. And Lauren interrupts. She's been on, on, like, using somebody's phone this whole time, like, scrolling the internet in the background. And she intervenes and is like, Andy, you can't do it at all and andy's like whatever go back to insta stalking jack who i guess is probably her boyfriend who was only in episode one yeah i don't know and then suddenly she sees something on instagram that makes her freak out and andy's like whoa what's going on and she eventually kind of caves and shows him and it's some other kids they know from school who graffitied their house 
with Beware the Muties, and they're like smiling in the in the picture. It's really fucked up, actually. It's very fucked up. I liked this, but scene it's a too. good scene. I thought it was effective. It reminded me of that episode of X Men Evolution when Same. they go the upstairs graffiti. and they're like people doing. Graf- well, they didn't see that. They thought they were being attacked by other mutants, and then That's it just right. turned to be kids dressed as mutants and were like fucking up the house. Yeah, and it's like their old classmates, and that's yes. what this is like. That's what this is. But this too. is like way creepier that, that like they like take a selfie like smiling because they're so proud they can, of what they did. Right, right, and they don't get in trouble for it because like not. you know typically if you perform if you do that kind of uh, defacing somebody else's property, right. it is against the that law. results. <laughs> yeah, that results in like you getting arrested. And these kids are like they're like, well, it's mutants, so it doesn't count. Yeah, they're not even people; they don't have rights. Right. Like that's kind of the justification. For I mean, it. it's sad. and also like clearly this way, home is abandoned. This this kid was his handles jack to the future <laughs> oh my god wait really wow i didn't <laughs> notice that <laughs> i thought it was funny anyway so then andy gets upset and he like shakes the room around and like blows up the trophy after all and a bunch of other shit cuts the trophy in half mm-hmm. and then caitlin comes right in and she's like what the fuck was that <laughs> And Lauren's like, oh, it wasn't their powers. They were doing WWE shit. Yeah. And then Lauren quickly changes the subject and is like, is Uncle Danny going to help? And Caitlin's like, we're working on it. Which, which is kind no. of a lie. Yeah. I know. I also love this scene, too. This is fucked up when Jace is sitting yeah. inside the van. His wife is texting them being like, be safe out there tonight. I'm proud of you for killing mutants. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought that was really heavy stuff. And like Jace is like reading the text, like smiling to himself. I was like, ugh. Gross. I know, right? Like, but I well was, done, well done. This is sure. a horrifying use of technology and social media that we just saw two scenes in a row. By the way, yeah, that's true. Where we get to see like the Instagram and the text on the screen and everything. I mean, it's it's pretty effective, especially in a show where we haven't gotten to see much internet use because the characters are on the run. Which is good because one of the things I hate about current TV and movies is there's so much of that fed into the plot line where there's like we have to check our text and then we're reading text and I'm like go back to when this wasn't an option and made it made it harder to tell a story please like you know what i mean and, sometimes it can be effective though well yeah in this show they do it pretty well so yeah. that's what i was commenting on mm-hmm. so anyway reed's now in the mute the mutant van and jace's van is falling behind them and yep. reed is looking at the kid yeah so he's in like a mutant escape van that is being driven by the bartender to like a drop-off point for the headquarters and the girl's like it's okay mommy says we're going to a safe place and there's nothing to be afraid of anymore and reed's like fuck <laughs> and like and reed and then just reed's like, like reed just goes you need to stop the van and like the guy's like why and he's like <laughs> So Sentinel Services planted me in here to, like, they have a tracker on me. They want to come and kill everybody. They want to find the mutant underground and kill all you guys. And the bartender's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what I liked here was the performance of the child that just started bawling. Yeah, I liked this, too. Like, that was pretty good, too. Like, the mother's involved. The child just who was, like, fine two seconds ago. Like, the mom and the kid just start crying because they're like, great, we're going to die because this man betrayed us. And the bartender's like, if I stop the car, they're going to kill us anyway. Yeah. And Reed's like you know what i'm sorry and he throws himself out of the van that's right and the van disappears because that bartender can make shit go invisible so they're saved and we we get to the viewer get to feel good about that at least i wrote down these lines because i liked this where jace is like you just made the biggest mistake of your life and reed's like no but i got pretty damn close which yeah, was good line yeah i liked that and that's when reed's like take your deal and shove it up your asshole because of course they have to make that <laughs> they have to like shout asshole at each other and then they start making it. i don't know what is with these two like why are they always <laughs> at the beginning of a 
born. I don't I know don't why. No, I don't know. But then, then you can go to Lorna, who's trying to escape, or whatever. Yeah, there's this is a brief scene. Lorna's trying to psych herself up to use her powers to open the metal door that is holding her in, even though she's wearing this uh, collar that is going to shock her every time she does it, and she does manage to do it. This is just. Emma Dumont having an amazing solo performance, like screaming and crying in pain while opening the door. But then after the door opens, we see her, her nose is bleeding like terribly. She's like covered in blood and she's like crawling on the ground and passes out. Her, her collar must not be made of metal. Cause I was like, use your powers against that. It can't be. It must be plastic. It has to be. Plastic. Yeah, it has to be because uh, why else would that happen? I don't know. And then, so she falls down and then that security guard runs yeah. in and laughs and is like, that's just sad. And I was like, oof, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I just I just can't wait for Lorna to get out and, and fucking destroy people. I'm like, right. I'm tired of this. I don't need to watch her suffering anymore. I've seen enough. I get it. It's bad for mutants. Yeah. Please give me the power fantasy at least a little bit. Come on. Come on. So cut back to full house. Yep. And Caitlin's sleeping on the couch with a kitchen knife underneath her pillow. And John and Marcos have just, like, walked in. They just show up. They just (laughs) walk in. Quietly. She's like, what are you guys doing in here? I have this under control. And they're just like, yo, if we can find you, other people could find you, too. Which is pretty hilarious, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, so we found you in two seconds. Um, And also, why did you come here? You idiot. And then Danny walks in. He's like, who the fuck are these people? And Caitlin's like, listen, these are the people trying to help us. And Danny's like, you brought mutants to my home? And Caitlin's like, mutants? Seriously, Danny? The only mutants I brought into your home are your niece and your nephew. You. and then also these guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so, and marcus is funny. looking out the window he's like bt dub guys the neighborhood's <laughs> out here with guns yeah like literally the fucking neighborhood watch is just showing up on the lawn in the background like just a they bunch of guys shotguns. with shotguns are showing up in front of this like well manicured mini mansion which i mean this is very visually evocative to kind of have the, this type of thing happen where it's like oh you know bring out your kids we're gonna kill them like it's terrifying it's also like broad daylight but still scary yeah i know and then danny's like who did you tell you were coming here and caitlin's like no, no one. one and then danny's kid starts freaking out yeah he's like, he dad, runs in and he's dad. like wait i texted a pic of the trophy well first he's like dad dad and his dad's like shut the fuck up he's like no dad you don't understand i texted a picture of the trophy that andy tore up to a friend you swore he wouldn't show anyone he swore it and he's like sobbing yeah. and like they're like jesus christ yep. and it's like but this is why i felt like this was a better portrayal I of agree. what could happen than an x2 where the kid just like calls the cops yeah, where the like, kid is just uh, like i believe in the rule of law and I hate my no, brother. That's not what he does. He calls up. He calls up the police and says mutants are attacking his family. Yeah, so he just lies. And this, this is like a kid being a kid, which yeah. I thought was good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I John's agree. like, we're surrounded, and like, really, there's nothing we can do without somebody getting shot and getting hurt. Yeah, Andy and Lauren are there, and Andy's immediately getting all head up and is like, we should just fucking kill them. Caitlin's like, no. Andy's like, they hate us. Maybe it's time we just start killing people anyway. Yeah. And Danny's like, here, I'm just going to go out. It's just Chuck Sanders. Then Caitlin has to give this really bad exposition about how it was somebody they were on Yeah, where she's like, Chuck Sanders from our swim team in high school? And it's like, and okay, we went we to get church it. together. Yeah. Like, oh my God. You, I, you know, 
this is where like the dialogue it, it goes back and forth in this episode where i'm like this dialogue is in scene is good and then it's terrible this yep. scene could like that dialogue could have stopped right this there. whole scene was very confusing too because it's so fast like everything we just described happens in about as fast as a, a time as we just <laughs> said it in. like really like they don't show scott entering or andy and lauren entering like they're just there suddenly do you know what i mean like it's like it yeah. just everyone i mean they maybe show them entering but it's so quickly done that it's like suddenly there's eight people in this scene and there's like 20 people on the lawn and we just have to get to the fight scene really fast yeah and like it takes no time at all i mean i get it but it's just interesting that they spend so much time on other things in this episode and then this moment they're like we need the fight to start immediately i know and andy needs to be part of what instigates it and so danny goes outside and the neighborhood are like we're just here to keep everyone safe yep and they're like we're gonna come and raid your house if that's cool uh and danny's like like, it's actually not cool and so then this guy chuck punches danny in the face and they go running towards the house yeah and andy blows up the door and also blows up all the people and they go flying backwards yeah and he yells leave us alone yeah chuck picks up the shotgun and fires it and luckily john i don't think he actually manages to fire it so like he lifts it up and then john leaps forward and grabs andy and like kind of pushes him out of the way and marcus shoots his powers at the gun which makes it really hot and like melts it i don't know i don't really know honestly and then they all run into a car and jump after them and then the other people jump into their cars this is why i'm like this could have been the friends of humanity and it would have worked really well yeah or like them joining the friends of humanity you know what i mean it was just like a missed opportunity instead it's just some like random people like apparently everyone just has guns which i guess you know what never mind that's real yeah life. that part is realistic it's just i think what you're trying to get at is the idea of a larger conflict that but is they don't, like they don't want to foreground it yeah. in some way as opposed to just random antagonists show up and then disappear as quickly as they came like now we have a car chase with these guys and we had, we don't even know them, you know? John's, like, calling Dreamer on the cell phone. He goes, so anyway, we got the Struckers, and now we need a way to get out of this in a way that nobody dies. And Dreamer's like, what? <laughs> and so she runs upstairs to blink. Yeah, like, she's like, so we're about to die again. Like, every time we leave the house, we're about to die, by the way. Because every single time people discover we're mutants, they take out a gun. Right. And point it at our face instantly. Well, Dreamer runs over to Blink, and she's like, you need to create a portal to get a car off the road. And Blink's like, I can't. And Dreamer's like, you can if you have something to care about. In which she blows smoke into Blink's brain and decides to make that person the the person that Dreamer's interested in. Yeah, which is really strange, by the way. It is because it creates a tension for the rest of the show where like... Wait, they continue this? Yes. And then and then Dreamer's oh, jealous the no. whole time. I'm already like, it's why? It's so bad. It's like, so Blink is running around being like, oh, I love you, John. And Dreamer's like... But that's not you even a real memory. slut off of you. And John's like, it's your fault. This is even happening. So so basically, Dreamer implants this memory in Blink of Blink thinking that she and John had like a sexy time together at one time. Yeah. But it was actually Sonya and John having done it. Right. And I guess Sonya doesn't have the capacity to remove that memory from Blink once she's implanted. I mean, I don't know. I was already annoyed by this plot line, but I was like, whatever, it's in one episode. I didn't realize it was going to be the whole fucking show. Oh, no, it's going to be like until Dreamer dies. By the way, Dreamer dies. No, I did. I already got <laughs> spoiled on that because I was trying to Google who she was. So no worries there. All right, also, well, I, I, she's annoying. So I'm ready for her to die any day now because this is stupid. Like, I can't believe that this works. That's the other annoying part is that as well, soon know, because, as Clarice like, is in love with a man, her powers work. Like, yes, what? that's exactly what happens because they run out into the road and she's like, I'm thinking about John. So she creates a big portal and then and then the car goes through it safely. Perfectly done. She closes the portal. Yeah. She doesn't have a massive freak out 
but like last time, it all goes perfectly because of the power of fake love. That's it. That's What's the end the of that whole there? chase like, scene. What? <laughs> this whole scene goes that fast, but it's like there yes. was like a whole chase scene happening, and then it's immediately over. Yeah. And then John's like, everyone go inside. And they're like, okay. And everyone runs in <laughs> as if that had happened. And he turns to to Caitlin, and Caitlin's like, I, you're right. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Caitlin's like, um, sorry that I left again, despite everyone telling me not to do that. I just thought it would work this time. And everybody's just like, Caitlin, why? I know. Are and then, Mar- like but Marcos is pretty sympathetic. He is nice. He's like, he's like, listen, you did something stupid for somebody you love, and I get that. Yeah. And so I thought that was a good line. They all go inside, and then Blink runs over to John. She's <laughs> like, John, baby, I missed you so much, and like wraps her arms around in a romantic hug. And John's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. John is like, uh, for like a really long time. And then he's like, just go inside <laughs> with everybody else. I'll meet you in a second. She's like, okay, sweetie, and he, like runs <laughs> he's off, like making kissy noises. And he Not turns, really. immediately turns around to Dreamer. He goes, what the fuck did you? do yeah <laughs> it's like it's like um well this is the only way i could think of to get you out of there uh you know anyway john's like okay well you just fucked up her brain for the entire rest of the show and she's like yeah i know i know <laughs> anyway krieger is busy calling jace <laughs> okay so dr dr krieger aka dr campbell a new character on this show not based on anyone this scene is pointless too why does this scene happen? <laughs> so Dr. Campbell calls Jace and he's like, hey, Mr. Turner, I'm very interested in this case with the Struckers because I've been Googling them and they seem really interesting for my medical research on mutants. And Jace is like, I'm not going to work with you. You seem weird and hangs up. And that's like the whole scene. Well, I do, I do want to point out that in the background of Krieger's lab, there's two iced bodies that are coming out. And I'm like, are those okay. the original Struckers? I don't know. I'm just, I don't. No, why? I mean, clearly this guy isn't going to go away. I just thought it was really stupid that the whole scene was him calling Jace and being like, hey, can we work together? And Jace is like, no. And just hangs like up the, on him. I like the idea that it's actually Krieger from like the Archer agency. The Archer universe. Yeah. yeah Where he's like, like calling in and he's like, hey, mutants seem cool. And yeah, I mean, like, I have some ideas. And like, there's just like other scene where like everybody's wearing like Archer cosplay. Yeah. And they're like shitty spies. By the way, I if you're wondering why it's because i'm catching up in archer now and so now i'm like in archer well, okay also this guy does legitimately look like krieger he does look like krieger like a lot i so, get it anyway so that's that scene and then we have the final scene of the episode caitlin marcus and john meet danny on some road somewhere yeah, and what? i don't know this <laughs> scene is insane because danny's like hey i'm sorry i didn't help before but here's a key to a cabin why are they meeting up i don't know he's like here's a key in the cabin so you could stay off the grid and i made some phone calls and found that reed is alive and being transferred with some mutant woman which i'm assuming is lorna so why is he even giving them the cabin like how does that help them at all i i immediately am not understanding how danny's able to do this because like everything else so far in the show would imply that the second that all the mutants were revealed in his house that like absolutely every cop and sentinel service person would be there yeah wouldn't he be arrested instantly I, yeah you know what i mean like instead he's just like hanging out and he's like yeah i call my government friends yeah and i was like this again Bad writing. Yep. Don't know what happened Bad writing. Here. And it's also like, why is Uncle Danny on the show then? Because you can't really solve this. You know what I mean? Like, it keeps... The reality of the show keeps collapsing for this reason. Because again, I keep saying it, the stakes are too high. Like, they need to have the stakes be lower. Like, they need to have it be easier to evade the government. Because if they're too <laughs> good, then Uncle Danny could never get back in touch with Caitlin. I know. But... 
we already have seen them be all powerful and all seeing and all knowing. You know what? Honestly, they were just like, listen, we're going to leave Danny alone because we still have more episodes of Full House to continue shooting, and people enjoy that show. And there's no mutants on it, so. It's, a, we just, it's fine. Oh it's a big God. white family. It is. It is. Um, Great stuff. I just. I guess I Ugh. I don't understand why she would go to the cabin though. Like I keep saying this, but like why would she go there? I don't I don't think they do. I don't think it matters. I don't know if it, I don't remember. Anyway, so he's like, "Listen, you got to face the facts. You're not going to ever see Reed again." And Amy hugs him and he goes, "I love you, Danny, but you're wrong." And she turns around dramatic like, credits. <laughs> turns into fucking like Fred from Angel and walks away being like, "I'm going to go do, kill do, some do, bitches." Do, and I'm like, do, "Oh, <laughs> and suddenly there's this epic shot of amy acker like turning around in slow motion i'm not joking that happens meanwhile like literally the mutant underground is kind of like the the place where i forget what it's called an angel like initially where like him and cordelia are just like fucking hanging out for a yeah, while in this season angel one, investigations like, you mean yeah, yeah 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 actually the mutant underground is more like um the thing that gun the character gun has where it's just like him and a yeah. bunch of high schoolers that he hangs out with underground and they're like trying to fight vampires but they have no clue what the fuck they're doing that's what the <laughs> mutant underground is on this show but the problem is there's no angel to show up and be like i actually have resources i'm going to help you like <laughs> yeah. we kind of need a character like that to show up here and be like i'm gonna help the mutant underground become an actual organization and like fight back in a meaningful way but instead they're just constantly on the run and they're like well we're we're outgunned outmanned we have nothing possible we can do and it's crazy that we haven't died yet haha like i don't know <laughs> i don't know how many episodes you can go like that but i guess i guess lorna well if they at least get out of prison <laughs> in the next episode that will introduce something i don't know what it's going to introduce but... i think so i'm pretty upset about this blank storyline now that i know that <laughs> what's the next episode called it's called exit strategy exit yep Exit, exit. Do we want to do a who's that X-Men real quick? Well, do we I, want to talk a rate the episode? Yeah, I'm going to get a three out of five because it's like clunky, but yeah, it has its good moments. I'll give it a two. It's not a one, but I don't think it needs to be there. Like genuinely, I think you could skip it and you wouldn't miss anything, which is not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I feel like some of these concepts needed to be in the earlier episode. Yeah, like I guess I guess what you're missing if you skip this episode is Blink getting brainwashed, which apparently is going to be a big plot point, which I didn't know. <laughs> so that you would miss. But other than that, that's the only plot point that's introduced here. Everything else kind of resets to back where it was at the outset of the episode. You know what I mean? So like right. nothing ventured, nothing gained. Like, I don't know why this episode is here. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, I said three out of five but you're right it's more of a two out of five because well I mean, i'm being harsh on it because i'm in a bad mood today but you know what i'm right there's <laughs> well, but there's also like there's only two pieces that really stick out to me which is everything at full house i thought was pretty good but i wish that that i mean maybe it would have been a more interesting episode if it was like episode two and it happened mostly there but that's not what happens mm-hmm. or if it was like kind of part of episode one even like if they introduced the uncle danny character as an option and like it was something caitlin wouldn't give up on and then we kind of knew who he was all already because he'd already been introduced do you know what i'm saying yeah instead they kind of spent time introducing like reed's mom who i don't think is going to come back like there's so many kind of random tendrils introduced here that are then kind of dropped and i don't know i guess i'll have to see the whole show to see where it's going but so far yeah it feels like it's meandering a bit and that's not a great sign for episode three you know right no and i and i i did like the scene in the bar when reed's like immediately questioning yes. what he's doing because he met this mom and her kid the acting is great i think there. there's just like some good stuff in there but it could have been part of episode two or yeah. 
even episode one. You know, I don't know. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we like in this episode is stuff we were complimenting in episode two, like the the hospital scene. Like, and- I mean, honestly, like even like the whole piece of Jace working with Reed after all their sexy tension didn't need to be there because it doesn't work. Yep, you know. I agree. It, it, I, it's kind of like a useless episode. I'm hoping next episode's better. Me we can do Who's That too. X-Men now. Let's do Who's That X-Men. It will last two seconds. Who's, who's that, that X-Men? <laughs> Is it even an X-Men? Who's that Morlock? Should we be saying Who's That Morlock? Yeah. Beautiful Dreamer. Beautiful Dreamer, who first appeared in Power Pack number 12. Not even an X-Men comic. Uh, she's created by Louise Simonson and okay. June Brigman. So that's kind of cool. Is that maybe why her character's last name is Simonson? Oh, maybe. I mean, it, what in the comics or in the TV show? In the TV show, her name. Because I don't is think she has a name. Sonia in the comic Simonson. Books. Yeah, that's cool. That's, that's probably why. Cool. That's probably why. I, like I don't that. know why they named her Sonia. That's kind of random, but there you go. Because somebody really liked Red Sonia on the team. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, that person was Maddie. No. no. Oh shit. <laughs> Ryan just falls over. In the <laughs> I was knocked over the whole desk. I was, trying to adjust, I was trying to adjust my chair. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Instead, I just like knocked everything over. It was like dog staring at me. The rug just saved my life because I got stuck on that. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so Beautiful Dreamer's powers are memory implantation, erasure, and restoration. Beautiful Dreamer confronted the power pack alongside other Morlocks when the kids were looking for lost school books in the New York sewers. The power pack being the kids, by the way, if you're not familiar it's only a matter of time before the MCU does something with them. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not a power pack person. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah. And it's kind of surprising that it didn't happen in a more coherent way on this show. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, they could have like, like, why didn't they just do a power pack thing? I don't know. Uh, who, who even has the rights to the power pack? This is going to be the fantastic four again, where the power pack is like, we have these three characters, but the fourth one's been replaced by a robot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the warlock Anna Lee, the old granny. Yep. Uh, her children had died at some point. She asked Beautiful Dreamer to alter the memories of the power pack to be her children. But that doesn't work out because Kurt and Kitty show up and they're like, what are you doing? No. <laughs> <laughs> These are children. Yep. So then later on, Callisto leaves for a time. And during that time, Mask steps up into the shoes of the Morlocks, which we haven't really talked about on this show. But Mask is a pretty prominent character in the in the Morlocks. Not that he's going to be on this show. Instead, no. the leader of the Morlocks is going to be fucking Erg for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Has Mask been in any adaptation? I mean, this is why there's no. huge swaths of comic book history we've never covered because we only talk about adaptations on this show. No, Mask has never appeared on anything, which is interesting. It is interesting, but you never know. I mean, X Men ninety seven is coming up, and I truly want to know what's going to happen there. Me too. So, Beautiful Dreamer alters the memories of the Power Packs parents and the kids again because basically. Mask is like, yeah, let's like fulfill Annalise's desires and do this after all. Okay. And uh, Callisto comes back and she's like, what are you all doing? Like, this is even, this is what you decided to do while I was gone? Like, <laughs> and she's like, fix the Callisto's brains. one to talk, but fair enough. I know, right? <laughs> and so Beautiful Dreamer returns the their minds, the power pack. This is funny to me already because I'm like, if Dreamer has the power to do that, why can't she return Clarice's memories on this fucking television show? Well, maybe she does, and I and I just don't remember that. Or maybe she dies and it goes back. Who knows? Oh, sure. Or maybe because all the mutants on this television show are, like, a little bad at using their powers. So, like, maybe she just can't do it because she's not good at it. I don't even remember what this is, like, how long this goes on for. We'll find out. I'm already annoyed by it, so we'll see. Me too. Uh, Beautiful <laughs> Dreamer is one of the few Morlocks to survive the Mutant Massacre. 
in which she stayed with X Factor along with like the four others who do survive. Okay. Beautiful Dreamer and the Morlocks return to the sewers to start a new life for themselves after that. And she at one point seemingly drowns when Mikhail Rasputin floods the Morlock tunnels, but is later confirmed alive or not. It's confusing because then, like, later on, the Leprechaun Queen revives her, but she's seen alive before that. It's, like, Like people not doing research. Well, it's hard to do research on these things, to be fair, especially in this era. I mean, mean, we do it here every week, and I'm, like, reading multiple Wikipedia entries and hoping they're right. Yeah. So, Beautiful Dreamer, for some reason, is one of the 198 mutants to retain their powers after M-Day. That's hilarious to me, by the way, that that's the case. It's not like she was, like, used in any kind of way. They truly picked mutants out of a hat after M-Day. They did, they did. Did. They did because they ended up with such a hodgepodge. Like Jubilee lost her powers and she like just worked in like an office and it was like, but what? fucking beautiful dreamer retained her yeah, powers only I to know, appear right? in zero storylines. Right. Seemingly. And then later on the leper queen injects beautiful dreamer with the legacy virus and lets beautiful dreamer out on a anti-mutant rally in which her powers are overloaded and she kills like a bunch of humans and she Damn. also kills herself in the process. That's and really that's sad. it. Damn. So that's who this character is in the comic books. She does die in this show. I wonder if that's how she dies, if she, like, overloads. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Are you looking it up? Yes. Well, let's find out what episode she dies in, too. Because now I'm like, well, tell me what happens on the show, so that, just so that we kind of know. It's the final episode of this season. Okay, so she's going to make it all the way through season one, which is 13 eps. Yep. So probably the f- grand finale that will be her dying. The The most important character that we all love... Sonia Simonson, a.k.a. Dreamer. I, you know what? I, I just found out who kills her. It's hilarious because it is a character who has suddenly appeared in these last two episodes that we don't understand why he's there. Great. You know what? I think... I don't know if The Gifted is a good show. I'm a little worried now. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like my other issue with Dreamer as a character is that I don't know what her character is. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like... Who is she? Yeah. What's her know. motivations? Her motivation no is having a crush on John Proudstar, and she misused that to cause another woman to have a crush on John Proudstar. That's yep. all she's done as a character so far is be a crush on John Proudstar machine. That's it. That's what she's contributed to the plot so far. So here's my recommendation about this show is to turn it off. Yep. Turn on Archer. Ooh. Watch 14 seasons of Archer instead. Funny show. Good show. Yeah, right. You know, here's my recommendation. Turn it off and check out X-Men Evolution and listen to the backlog of our podcast. Oh, yeah. That's a bit, at least that's related, you know? Yeah, that's at least something that kind of makes sense. I, you know... I was enjoying The Gifted so far. I think this episode is a skip. I don't think, I don't know that I have a full take on the entire show. Just because I'm having kind of a cranky week doesn't mean I'm willing to write it all off just yet. But I did have kind of a tough time with this episode. (laughs) But we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what I think of episode four. And um, yeah, let's do the plugs, shall we? Let's, oh no, wait, we have to do who's gay. I got this hard on this show. No one is really gay on this show. And that's another problem with this show. The X-Men No, there's. I don't think there's anything. It's all I no, do. No, here's is, here's. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's all metaphorical because even the stuff with the bartender 
it's tough. I don't know. I don't know. There's like metaphorical stuff, but like in this episode, it's not that metaphor is also very weak and it's not really there. Not, you know, I mean, the closest really. you get is like when the those kids were spraying fuck the gays on the but even that is metaphorical and and so i feel like you could say like okay there's kind of some some tension like i'm sure there's fanfics about reed and jace turner right oh let's look up the gifted on ao3 let's check that out let's find out what that is can you do ao3.com and does that no it doesn't work like that this is how bad you are at navigating the internet that you're like can you just do ao3.com i mean i just don't go to ao3 i mean that that's the real answer (laughs) (laughs) okay so here we go relationships so what do you think is, oh my God, what do you think is the most popular pairing in The Gifted? Is it like, oh wait, is it gay? Nope. It's straight. What do you think it is? It's Blink and John. That's right. Okay, number two. Oh, there's a second one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's gonna be Lorna and fucking Eclipse. All right, I'm really scared. Oh no. The, number three is disgusting. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> How did you even find this? Oh, I it can't. doesn't matter how I found it. Do you want to guess number three and then we'll call it? Is it okay? Give me a clue. Like, it, you don't need to. The clue is it's disgusting. What? What's the worst it could be? What's the worst from ship? the characters that I already know? Yes, yes. Oh no! Is it going to be the Strucker twins? That's correct. Oh and my god! With that, we're going to move on to the plugs. Yay! <laughs> so what? So the people who watched this show were predominantly straight. I don't know. And probably kids who were kind of experimenting with writing erotica. I feel like a lot of like twin cest stuff is from younger uh, writers. Like, you know, the supernatural fandom and all that. They they love incest. <laughs> I, I mean, look, about I, that, but, I, do you, you know, know what I'm talking about, though? Like kind of twin cest and incest fix are very like young people kind of write them before they understand that it's not just forbidden because it's sexy. It's forbidden because it's like it's a gross, gross <laughs> and like genetically inadvisable, <laughs> among other yeah. things. Like there's a reason why it's uh, considered bad. It's socially bereft. It's uh, immoral. Anyway, mutantages.com. That's our website. It works. That's our website an works. Improvement. And uh, we have an email. It's the mutantages at gmail.com. We've got a Discord server. I recommend joining it, hanging out with folks, talk and shop about mutants and shows that everybody likes. And uh, we have a voicemail inbox, 1508-319-1668. You can call, question us about our choices and tell us about In things life. that we should be watching that aren't this. <laughs> and we'll do a listener feedback episode at some point where we do listener mail. And um, we're also all over the internet at the Mutant Ages. We're on every social media. We're even still on Twitter or X as the Mutant Ages, that is. I'm not really on there anymore, but I'm at Mitty Myers everywhere else. Uh, how about you, Rye? Yeah, we're, like you said, we're everywhere with the Mutant Ages, but that um, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Instagram. You could go follow me there. I'm on, yeah, you can I'm check on all those out things, Ryan's but I feel roller like skating tricks I mean, on Instagram. Yeah, truly, although I did open up threads the other day and I was like, do I want to use this? And I go, no, it's okay. I don't really like it that much. I've just, I, I really, I've just moved to Instagram and occasionally I'll pop into Twitter or blue sky, but like uh, the social media to me is exhausting and just, I, it, it's gotten to the point where it's no longer good. So I'd rather just like look at pictures and videos all day. So that's what I do. Yeah. That's it. Uh, you can go to the YouTube channel. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. The Mutant Ages. It's been the a Mutant while, Ages. but you can, there's more content over there if you are not getting enough on the podcast. We do other things. It's true. There's a big bag of stuff there too. Yeah, and um, yeah. also, if you aren't getting enough on the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages. You could become a member 
of our wonderful paying subscriber base, and you could get bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes stuff, bloopers, goofballery, and our highest-tier Patreon supporters get a shout-out on the show. That's right. Uh, shout-out to Samuel B. and Soren B. for being our top-tier Patreon supporters. No crazy voices this week. I don't think that's going to happen on The Gifted. I feel like we shouldn't do that anymore. Yeah, we're, we... It's just us boredly being like, well, here's another episode of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it's better than you doing, like, Hideki's gay voice every week for the Wolverine anime and getting, like, increasingly Listen, upset by I it. Can't, I can't even compare... <laughs> To when Todd was on the show and he did the Hideki voice. Yeah. And when he was like, where's that bitch Mariko? Like, I can't. <laughs> he oh he was God. too good at that. I can't compare. It's so true. It's so true. Um, anyway, maybe we'll we'll drag Todd back onto the podcast to watch an app of The Gifted because we like torturing our friends on this show. And if you like that too, please, please rate and support our show. Share it with your friends. Tell them about it. And, uh... That's it. All right. See you well, next thanks for time. listening. See you next time for Lorna's possible escape, maybe. We're all pulling for her. Yeah. Lorna Dane may someday escape. Please let Emma Dumont do something on the show. Please again. let her leave the cell that they have imprisoned <laughs> her in, and that cell is the gifted. Yeah. Bye. The